Hello and welcome to Power of the Pitch, a special podcast of the United Nations Office of Counterterrorism. My name is Dave Brundle, and I'm your host for this series, which has been designed and produced by the International Hub on Behavioural Insights to Counterterrorism, inspired by the experience and reflecting the work of the multi-year global program on security of major sporting events and the promotion of sport and its values as a tool to prevent violent extremism that the UN Office of Counterterrorism delivers in partnership with the UN Interregional Crime and Justice Research Institute, the UN Alliance of Civilization, and the International Centre for Sports Security. For this series, we will examine how behavioural insights are being applied to sports and when addressing violent extremism factors that may conduce to terrorism. We will introduce you to programmes aiming to prevent violent extremism through sports and its values and share the personal stories from world-renowned athletes and advocates of female empowerment and inclusivity. We will discuss the powerful role of sports diplomacy and take a close look at the innovative policies and practices being used by governments and organisations to ensure that sport remains a safe pastime and profession for future generations. In this exclusive series, we will be joined by behavioural and violent extremism experts as well as by sports professionals who will talk about their experiences and share their knowledge. For this episode, Ken Reedy, the best practices and research lead at the Behavioural Insights Hub, will be talking to Khalida Popal, whose story of success despite adversary is incredible. Khalida is from Afghanistan and grew up at the end of the Soviet-Afghan war. As a child, she loved playing football with her friends. But when the Taliban came to power, girls and women were prohibited from participating in any sporting activities. Following the fall of the Taliban in the early 2000s, women and girls were still being threatened, assaulted and abused for playing sport. Yet this did not deter Halida. She eventually got approval from the Afghan Football Association and formed the Afghan Women's Football League with her friends. She was part of the national team and began representing Afghanistan internationally. This exposure led to death threats against her, so she fled seeking asylum in India, Norway and Denmark, where she lived in a refugee camp before being granted residency. Khalida turned her attention and status towards empowering women and girls. She formed the organisation Girl Power to use sport and education as tools to empower, connect and unify women and girls from diverse backgrounds. Khalida is also an ambassador to the Street Child World Cup, a global platform for street children, providing protection, support and opportunities, including healthcare and education services, protection from abuse, exploitation, trafficking and violence. They work to ensure the right to education and gender equality. But for this episode, Khalida is taking us back to when she was a young girl in Afghanistan, determined to play sport despite oppression and discrimination. Okay, so Khalida Popal, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So Khalida, let's start with some context. You were born at the tail end of the Soviet-Afghan war. And by the mid-1990s, the Taliban are in control of Afghanistan. What was it like growing up there as a girl? 
Afghanistan is, is, as the world knows, is one of the the most dangerous and um, difficult countries for women and girls to grow there. I'm a child of a war uh, where I born and raised during war. Um, yeah. All I remember from Afghanistan is is war. Um, first civil war and then the Taliban took over. Most of the time I have very bad picture, uh, horrible pictures uh, of um, helicopters or like bombing. Um, I still kind of have this trauma from the mm. plane, the, uh, especially that where is it the jets or um, yeah. the, the planes that uh, I hear. Um, and it just kind of, uh, it reminds me of that time. Sometimes when they have this kind of the celebration and I see the jets and uh, it's kind of like, it's so much trauma for me. And so that's how I, I kind of like still live with that trauma yeah. from my childhood. Yeah. Among uh, many other things, what the Taliban did when they came into power was they banned women from playing sports, you know, but but then again, there's your mom and she's teaching you football, you know, during this time period. Could you tell us more about this this brave woman who who did this? My mom was my, my school teacher. Um, and when Taliban came, uh, because my uh, my family has been very much involved in uh, in development of the country, but yeah. also they were working with government. And uh, so they were a great danger towards our lives. Uh, we had to, to escape during the first... Um, when the Taliban took over the first time in Afghanistan, they arrested my father um, overnight. We had to take decision in a few hours. We had to leave everything yeah. and escape to Pakistan um, as a refugee. Um, and on that time, I was, I was nine years old when Taliban took over. I still remember that announcement that Taliban um, banned women and girls from going to school or... Mm-hmm actively participating in any social activity now uh, they should stay home yeah um, and i keep asking because it was during my uh, my exams and and i keep asking my father what i've done that they are banning us from going to school what about our friends what yeah. about our classmates we never had actually time to say goodbye how are we going to meet each other um, how we are going to con- contact each other yeah and and I was I also was keep asking my my parents is why they are punishing girls from going to school, and and for a father it's so it's so difficult to answer. Yeah. So we had to go to Pakistan because my my family and my mom was playing badminton, so it's kind of sport is part of our like mm-hmm. culture in the family. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I started playing cricket um, because that was a kind of famous game in Pakistan. Yep, yep. When Taliban lost power in Afghanistan, then we returned back home. Mm-hmm. This was in about 2002? When was this? Yeah, it was 2002 yeah. uh, when we returned back home. Yeah. And um, and I found Kabul where I grew and, and yeah. we had home. Yeah. Um, kind of, uh, it's a war zone. It's like a kind of a place where it's like everywhere was bombed, and yeah. and still you could see that it was horrible. A picture of war in in the walls and everywhere you could see that. Yeah, I had that privilege to st- like continue my education in Pakistan. Yeah, when returned back to Kabul, 
most of those women who stayed in Afghanistan at my age, yeah, they had to they had to stop going to school. So um, when they were, I was when I returned back, I was in uh, in ninth grade. Yeah, uh, and there was no social activity for women and girls, and it was so much uh, like the fear still mm-hmm. in the eyes of people um, from Taliban returning back. But then the other hand, you could watch TV. There was, again, TV and all the yeah. channels that you could have access to. All these kind of positive uh, speeches and, mm-hmm. uh, and news mm-hmm. from the Western world talking about standing with the women of Afghanistan, yeah. uh, helping, supporting to empower women and girls of Afghanistan and being with the women and girls of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We had to start again from scratch, scratch from zero. Yeah. yeah. So that's where um, my mom was my school teacher, and she yeah. was the PE teacher, um, and she was really supportive of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was playing also a lot of street football. I'm and growing up with uh, with all the brothers and having no sister. Ah, you're the it's, only girl. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The only girl. So it's kind of like you do everything what like your brothers do, uh, and like your or your friends or your brother's friends, because there was no school activities after school. Um, it was just going to school, study, and go back straight home. Yeah. So I didn't want to go home, and it was so boring for me. I wanted to have the community and the, the mm-hmm. kind of like something to have fun, and and football was the way. So basically, you would come home from school with yeah. your brothers. They'd go outside to play football, and you would just go with them. Yeah, that was the only because there was no other activities. So I joined them. I was playing football, and uh, and I was enjoying my life there. Were you the only girl there? Yeah, I was the only girl playing football. But then, um, all of a sudden, I faced all this resistance from the neighborhood, from the community. Tell me about that. Like, yeah. like because obviously the, the boys who you're playing with, they have no problem, right? No, they are my friends. They're yeah, my brother's yeah. friends. They're my friends. They're accepting. I'm, yeah. I'm good. They are good. Uh, and they are just happy. And then uh, and then the other, like, like the, the older man yeah. around us. The older is, men. Yeah, okay. Yeah, older men. Yeah. And they are kind of like questioning why uh, there is one girl playing football here. I shouldn't play football. It's not good for the culture. It's not good for the religion, yep. for the family. And then they kind of start like insulting my family, uh, my brothers. And those harassments, like continuous harassment in that age. Like, like um, would they be there watching you guys playing football? football and shouting at you or would they talk to your father and maybe your grandfather and 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 do it that way how how would they both both okay yeah both they were they were like harassing when we were playing yeah and they were even um kind of verbally harassing the boys that were allowing me to play with them or Mm. like, like they were playing with me yeah, um, and then at the same time they were also kind of addressing this with my brothers, but also with my father. Yeah, that um, why why they are not like taking this serious, and they are not real men, and they are yeah, what, what's happening is against culture. Yeah, so I had all the support from my family, and then they kind of the pressure from outside, where they were so much under pressure uh, at school, they were they were fighting. 
Yeah. Every day there was a fight, and and just because they were calling my name, they were insulting me, and they were insulting them. Yeah. They were pushing them that you're not a real man, and you don't think about the honor, and it's not yeah. cool and stuff. From very young age, giving up it has never been an option for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would never give up. <laughs> um, and then I started searching for solutions. So I found a, a, a team who are playing football every every morning in a place where it's like, um, I would say, 10 kilometers uh, away from where I was living. Yeah. Um, where people didn't know me. Um, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I knew the coach. Um, so kind of we um, we made this agreement that um, with the coach that I will go undercover. Yeah. Um, and I will wear like all the kind of the baggy the clothing. Clothes that, baggy clothing yeah. and I will wear the cup and yeah. hide my hair yeah. and uh, and then kind of like not will not talk. Yeah. Um so they kind of like they don't like their boys won't uh, recognize that I'm a I'm a girl. But they did, didn't they? Surely they knew. It's like when I like changed my outfit, I look like a lot like a boy. Okay, um, okay. So so I had to wear this baggy clothes and and kind of like not show any yeah. of my um Yeah. Um, I kind of like try to avoid everything that was kind of showing I'm a girl. Yeah. And the deal was that I um, in like I go and join the training um, five minutes later than the original time. Um, so nobody can actually get the opportunity to have yep. the conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And then I will leave um, five minutes earlier the the yep. rest of the team it was fun it was great and i was playing football and they were thinking that i am dumb or i, yeah. I cannot talk yeah yeah, yeah. And, and they were sort of like talking with me with signs and um uh, body language yeah because they couldn't hear my voice um, yeah. and and they were cu- curious that why i'm coming late and then leaving yeah. early and i'm not talking with anybody yeah. and, and kind of avoiding any interaction it didn't take longer that one of like uh, one of those boys were quite smart and they uh-huh. curious to find out who I am. So he started like following me yeah. and they saw me entering the girls' school because the girls and boys' school were separate. separate yeah. So I changed my outfit, yeah. came back and they saw me and then that was kind of the news spread. And then I started, I couldn't go back to the team <sighs> and the coach said like, listen, they found out um it's going to be dangerous for us because yeah. then they, this kind of neighborhood will come and make it difficult for me yeah that was like for me the test of how difficult life is for women and girls in afghanistan yeah because of like everybody else is making decisions for you um like having the safe bubble at home where you have all the support and love and then you go come outside your home and that's like where everyone decide for you as a woman what to do um and they kept telling you that you need to look, go home be in the kitchen learn yep. how to cook and just like help your mom that was a wake-up call for me and that age and uh, and i i told myself i'm not going to give up i'm going to find my team uh, and that's where i started teaming up with my mom before we get to your to your mom i just want to go back to the to the coach because this coach took a huge risk 
as he knew who you were, he nonetheless brought you in. You come, you came out with a game plan. You know, wear baggy clothing, wear a hat, come five minutes late, leave five minutes early. He's also at risk when people find out. Did he have some deeper belief in in sports as well, or was it about you? Why was he doing it? What was his motivation? He was he was a fantastic person. He he said, "I have a daughter, and I want her to to have the best life, and yeah. whatever she wants to choose, I want to support her." And I I see that you like you love so much this game, and and that shouldn't be a barrier. And he said that I do my best. Um, to to support you, yeah. Um, but then you have to also be aware that if something happens, then you know, we cannot just give up everything and kind of like risk it. The rest of the team, yeah, yeah, for you. But I take this risk, and the minute if they find out, then try to not come back because then it will be a great danger. Um, yeah, for you, but also for me that they will stop. Yeah, yeah. He would play a role that he yeah. was not aware and he don't know anything about yeah. it. So so basically, you unfortunately have to leave the team, but you still want to play football. And your mom somehow comes into the story here. Tell us about that. I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to let them uh, yeah. win. So that was like the motivation. I was like, I'm not giving up. I mean, who are you in my life to decide for me? All these people, all these men think that they have some sort of authority, some mm-hmm. sort of power, and and so much confidence that they think they can decide for everybody, and they think they are smarter. And, and I'm like, where in this? Like, where in science? <laughs> where there, is there a fact anything that says that you're smarter, you're clever, yeah. or whatever? You can decide for me. Who gave you the right? I went to school. I say like, I'm going to make my own team, my <laughs> own empire. <laughs> um, Great. And and then uh, I will show them what like how the like the women power and then the girl power. Yeah, I I went to to home. I told my mom, I was like, this is disgusting. I I don't want to. I just don't. I don't want to go to the kitchen. I I don't want to just like yeah. do this kind of like all these normal stuff. This is not me. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And then my mom said like, okay, let's just make a plan. Let's go to school. I'll give you the time to come mm-hmm. and and just tell uh, raise awareness in each classes that I have my uh, my uh, my session or ah, that's um, how she did it to come yeah. yeah to come to my class yeah and kind of like tell them uh, that you are actually um, creating a team yeah uh, we are we are creating a team um, and just uh, like in every classes because my mom had it from the um, from the seventh grade to above, uh, she had the um, in PE time, and uh, they changed it to cooking time. Um, oh no! Really? Uh, they were talking about the food and kind of like how to make food. Um, and my mom was was so mad about that. So yeah. So we we teamed up and we started like campaign in different classes. Yeah. With, um, the girls in our team, and then I was telling them like, listen, we start uh, before school starts. Or we uh, we start our training after school yeah. time, and it's in the backyard of the school. Nobody will figure that out. Yeah, will not go to will not to tell the the, the school teachers and, yeah. and the principal of school because they will stop us. What was your what was your sales pitch though? Like like because this is incredibly risky. Like how do you tell these classes? 
you know, this is what we're going to do and this is why you should do it. You know, how did you convince them? I'm so grateful for the gift that I have, which is quite natural in me and uh-huh. getting people on board. Yeah. Because when I'm passionate about something, when I believe in something, yeah, I am, then I'm, I, I can make it that pitch that can get people mm-hmm. on board. Mm-hmm. And on that time, I was standing and saying, like, listen, um, I am going to make a team. I have played yeah. football. Uh, this, this is how I felt when I played football. I felt freedom. Yeah. I love the game. I enjoyed it. I felt happy. I felt good about my body because yeah. of the, the health. Like if it gave me a good, yeah. good sense of like health and think about the boys that they have all this crazy um, uh, sports and mm-hmm. they have access to everything and we've got nothing. We have to do all the things that we have to do is come to school, go back home and do all the crazy stuff and clean the yeah. wash and stuff. Can we live for ourselves for 30 minutes? Can we live for ourselves one hour? To just not think about anything, and, yeah. and of course that this is something that you kind of like get people on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course we want to live for ourselves. You're selling freedom. You have one, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I was like telling them the all the feelings that I had from football, the feeling yeah. of freedom, the, the feeling of joy, the feeling of happiness, yeah, and also feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Um, if you have done some sort of sport, yeah. Um, uh, so that was that's where I got many many girls in my team. So we started from very the first like morning. I remember there was four people who showed up, yeah, and then it was like six people, and uh, then it continued. So yeah. we continued. We didn't stop. Yeah, our football pitch was um, the kind of the ground. It's like so dusty and <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, in kind of like all the stones and yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like it, it's just simple. It's uh, we put yeah. our bags as goals, and yeah. we had one like I call that all the time magic ball. I always call football as a magic ball because it has a magic. Like no matter if like you're Cristiano or someone in the yeah. in the street that you play football, the minute that magic ball starts rolling. It just makes you happy. It makes you, it just like helps you to focus. Yeah. And, and just like stop thinking about anything in the world. I'm, I'm going to call it magic ball from, from now on. That's, that's a great, that's fantastic. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. It's just like that, that small, that ball has something that yeah. like, like helps you to, to stop thinking about outside the pitch. Everything you're thinking about that feels. And that moment, it's about yeah. the moments. Um, that's the game. Um, so we had so much fun <laughs> and we were enjoying, we were living our life. That's yeah. simple, beautiful, amazing. It was like, you know, like sometimes when I go and watch football in big stadiums, that feeling and the joy, yeah. that is like no difference from that what we played actually. That joy is yeah. so similar. No matter, like, if you're playing in fancy stadium or yeah. in a dusty pitch, the feeling is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to make it very, very clear for our listeners, that good feeling, that comes from playing, from the magic. It's not being a rebel. It's not going against the rules. It's it's the actual game itself. Yeah. It's just like that magic ball starts rolling. And then yeah. imagine, like, a, a girl in Afghanistan, a young teenage in yeah. Afghanistan it's you don't have anything else it's yeah. kind of a lot of pressure yeah every time you turn tv yeah you that's bad news about 
women being killed, women yeah. being stoned, women, yeah. women being killed, honor killing. Yeah. And then you turn off TV. Then at home, you say, there is nothing like yeah. different for you. Mm-hmm. And then, and then outside, there is nothing made like any social activity that you can contribute. It's the life of women, the cycle, the life for a woman at that time and still at this time. It's like from the minute that you burn and, in the, and come to this world, is everybody is deciding for you just because of your gender. Yeah, yeah. And all you need to do is to have the service-minded, to serve your brothers, to serve your family, and do all the kind of the caring in the family. Yeah. And then wait and kind of prepare yourself to be picked by a man or a family that who will come mm. in and then kind of if you're a good girl that's yep. what they say in afghanistan if you're a good girl that's like where you kind of a family will accept you and then you'll yep. be a bride and then you will go and continue uh, this kind of life of a, a, a wife of someone yeah yep. uh, si- sister love someone a daughter love someone you serve another family yep. and then you will have kids and that's how you will do that's like a yeah, a yeah. servant comes in this world and then goes from this world. You weren't a good girl. I'm like, I'm not going to be a good girl. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't like to be a good girl. So, I'm just like, <laughs> there was something. I was. There was a moment. I think I remember. There was a moment. I, I love what I love about my family, especially my my grandfather, mm-hmm. who is a feminist. Um, who was a feminist. Who was an amazing person. A great man. That. Who said something to me? He said, like, listen, go study, go develop your skills. Yeah. Don't think about your gender. Be be a woman who will pick a husband for herself, not wait for someone who will pick. Um, so wow, that's that's not at all what one would expect of a grandfather no. in Afghanistan. Am I completely no. wrong there? Or or were actually many people like that, but they just couldn't say it? No, it's my fa- my family wasn't an ordinary family. Uh, that's was that's what they kind of it was so tough for my family. Yeah. They were minorities. The kind of this mindset to have this mindset uh, in that community in, okay. the, in, the, in that country, you are in a minority. Like, yeah, you're not um, even like having this culture, like the background of being from Pashtun family, where yeah. very strong and culturally, um, a lot of restrictions around that. And yeah, having that background and and having this kind of culture at home we're very much supportive of like women empowerment where did uh, that come from though because it's it's uh, it's quite alien you know to yeah to afghanistan your grandfather did was it just himself was it reading was it meeting people was it travel a lot of books books, books traveling a lot my grandfather studied um outside of afghanistan during the soviet um, yeah so he was so in russia or um he was in russia yeah, and yeah. ukraine and poland yeah um, so yeah he yeah. studied his school but also his uh, edu- uh high, what do you call higher education yeah, university yeah. yeah so he got all his degrees uh, uh, from abroad and yeah. came back um, with new ideas so he was yeah he was like so much into education and empowerment he was like listen women should have more power than men that's what he he always believed so tell me how did you go from from playing football on a dusty pitch using your backpacks as goals to then becoming captain 
in international football. It's a, it's a very big step. How'd you do it? Yeah, it, it is. And when I when I go back to the kind of those memories, we're putting like the bags as a goal. Yeah. We never actually thought about uh, anything of that crazy, that big of yeah. like, like playing for the national team or even like representing Afghanistan. That was not even anywhere close to yeah. our ideas because all I wanted to do is play football and, and not let people to decide for me. Yeah. Then I started actually, when I started my own team, then I started actually some of the brothers for the, uh, for, the for my teammates, they were so much in love with football, with uh-huh. that game. Yeah. And because they were young, um, so they were younger kids, their parents or their families were uh, were afraid of like letting their younger kids to go in the street. Yeah. So I started actually having the boys in my team as well. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Yeah. Um, so kind of a mixed gender. I was yeah. like, if the boys don't want me to be in, in their team, I can have the boys in my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you decide. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we played football. We had so much fun. It was for the fun of the game and yeah. for the joy. But there was a moment that changed everything. Um, and that was where we, our team, I mean, our uh, team in the backyard of school were attacked um, yeah, by a group of men from outside our school um, mm-hmm. where they took the ball that we were, that our magic ball, yeah. and they, they had a knife and they destroyed that, that football. And they were old men. They were like much older. Yeah. Um, and from outside the school, they jumped from the wall, like because yeah. our wall, our school was surrounded by walls. But yeah. because you can't, like, when you play football, you can't keep being silent. It's not a silent yeah. game. Yeah. It's so yeah. much joy and, yeah. and laughter. Yeah. So they found out we couldn't keep it secret anymore because yeah. the team started growing, and then that's what happened. They took the ball, they they damaged that ball, they started running after the um, our teammates. Yeah. They start fighting. They were like physically attacking us and um, and kind of like uh, getting their school bags and destroying their the school uh, books and stuff like that. They were really insulting and using really bad words. Yeah. Um, that well, that incident was still like it's still like still fresh. It mm-hmm. hurts every time yeah. I think about it. Um. But that was the moment that I felt deeper uh, challenge and problem coming towards us in in that mm-hmm. country, and, yeah. and especially for women who wants to actually do different, who wants to who wants to live the life um, and have our own choices. So, what did you do? Uh, so we we get we got together, and uh, at a member said we have. Uh, Two, we have two choices. One, give up, go do things that they want us to do. Mm-hmm. Second, fight back and get our team stronger and go crazy and start, start a revolution. We, some of our team is dropped um, yep. because they didn't want to take risk and they were yep. like, some of them even they were secretly without telling their families they were yeah, yeah. they were playing with us so they didn't want their families to know and they didn't want this kids um, that big if we continue accepting what they want us to do then it's going to be 
forever a norm and a culture. We have to change the culture. We have to make decisions for ourselves. My mom was very supportive of the idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we started um, getting our team stronger, but also going to different schools. Uh, so ah, what my mom did yeah. was because we couldn't secretly play football. Um, so we had to get the allowance um, from the families. So that's my mom's role was very important um, because she was a school teacher, very well respected. Um, so she, uh, we, were, we started going to different houses and different families to take per- permission from the fathers and the brothers to let the, our teammate to play with us. Yeah, you're building so a coalition. Mom, yeah, so my mom had to make an, a strong argument yeah. um, about that, why they allow they should allow. So her mm-hmm. argument was like, listen, it's a girl's team. I'm a woman, they're their they're teacher. And, and it's like, it's all, only all women. There is no man involved. Yep. Yep. It's safe. And... And then it's also, if it was like not safe, I wouldn't let yep. my only daughter to play because I have one daughter and I love her. If it was something, um, if it was something um, dangerous, of course, which was dangerous, mm-hmm. I wouldn't let um, my daughter play and yeah. all the things. Um, so how much it helps the self-confidence, but also healthy uh, lifestyle. Some of the families got on board. Um, yeah. But my, uh, some of them like throw us out uh, out of the door and and assaulted and yeah and yelled and um, mm. kind of like since then they stopped their daughters to play football yeah and some of them even some of those um, um, players were warned by the family if they continue and they will they will not even let them to go to school yeah. so they will be banned at home yeah. forever. So again, we start dropping um, uh, like our players. So kind yeah. of like we were down to the numbers. We had to continue doing the the campaigns in our school. But then we started going to different schools and, and kind of my mom started like working with different school teachers um, yeah. uh, in, in different schools where they, then we we had this kind of like a campaign and that's where each school started like having their own own teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. we started competition. So we started the league. How many players did you have in, in uh, total when you first began this? So you, your mom went around to the different houses. She tried to build these, these teams. How many players did you have when you, when you first began? When we first began, like it was 10 and then we started to like, and then we kind of had 20. Yeah. Yeah. And then 20, 25. Um, and we got, uh, we had to have two teams then. And then, um, yeah. so the number grew, um, yeah. because there were more women like m- myself who wanted to, to kind of, and also the refugees who returned back home. So from Iran, from Pakistan, yeah, they kind of started joining. Um, ah, okay. So, okay. Yeah. 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 So that's where like the school tournament started. They kind of unofficial league started, which was, um, from schools. Um, so it was like, yeah. We had a home game and away game, like all the structure. But wait, wait, where would you practice? Because that 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 one attack where where the um, where the elderly men came with the knife and they and they punched the uh, magic ball or they 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 pierced it. 
where did you guys practice that was safe that you wouldn't be attacked by by men like this so we knew that no, there is nowhere safe okay us. okay um even the home is not safe because yeah. of yeah. course most of people face violence at home uh, yeah. so what we did we changed the timing of um the the practice ah, so okay. um so we because we were playing in the afternoons after school so on that time they the men were like around yeah we had to do it early mornings so oh, of okay course in that early morning to avoid this kind of like traffic or yeah. people yeah that time were asleep yeah so we started early morning around five Ooh. which on that time you don't like actually see people or around six uh yeah uh, it's still course, dark, I would imagine. Then, isn't it like five yeah. o'clock in the morning? So you're playing yeah. in the dark. Okay. So that's where we are started playing and practicing um, yeah. before the school school was starting around eight. So we were like practicing one or hour, uh, two hours before school. So that's where we kind of like got the motivation because this time it's not about like only the two teams from our school playing, but it was like now more of um we are going to play our against the yeah. other schools yeah. and yeah. kind of like the motivation was there there was like the challenge there was like competitive like yeah. mindset yeah. that we want to win so that's how we started like this league started like the tournament there's home and away game and and all these things and then kind of like it grew it started like growing in different schools and um, many amazing uh, school teachers were joined and and they were really supportive of even some of those teachers um like my mom were actually paying from their own salary mm -hmm. for the transportation of that um, yeah. teams because it wasn't like it was self-organized teams so, yeah uh, and then with i remember um that there was eight no, six teachers school teachers yeah and myself uh, that we made the request um our first Olympic committee to help us get um, uh, some uh, registration for our league. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, it can like and it was pushed back, and then then we found the Football Federation of Afghanistan to kind of like help us register our league, so we can have some sort of organized and. and uh, uh, recognized um, yeah. league. Um, what did they say? Like when you when you put in your application, were they surprised? You know, what's the response there? Oh man, I was. Um, I remember the first meeting with the football federation where yeah. we went with all these like six, um, including myself, women. So they're all school teachers, and yeah. then I'm young. I'm yeah. very young. I enter in football federation. It's like all men. Yeah, yeah, and. And it's kind of like it's so it's so weird. It's kind of uncomfortable um, environment where everybody is like looking why these women are coming here. Yeah, yeah. They're not used to seeing women. Yeah, they're not used to seeing women around in the office. Mm -hmm. So we enter um, and kind of meet with the president. That time, he is like, "There's no way I'm I'm going to let the the like." It's disgusting and even the idea is really bad. Yeah. I don't think we will kind of like all oh, the what the people think, what the culture, it's it's a headache for us. There's no way. So it's kind of like they we received we were pushed back and then we continued. So the president changed and Ah, okay. Um there was election for football federation. So we went back to the football federation. Yeah. And then we kind of continuously went there and um 
And I think one of the arguments that helped us was that, listen, all these Western world, uh, Western countries are supporting Afghanistan and they are involved. Yeah. And they are supporting the organization that are empowering women and girls, yeah. and including women and girls. Imagine if you're, this will come anyways, but imagine if you will be the first runner. Beautiful sales pitch. So, Excellent. Yeah. And like all the credit, we will do everything. We have kind of done all the kind of campaigns. Yeah. We got the, the families on board. We got yeah. the girls on board. All you need to do is like put your stamp, stamp on, it, on the yeah. kind of, yeah. Stamp it and take all the credit. Tell like tell the world that you have done everything. And um, and they got on board and they said, okay, we are going. Uh, like they we are sending a a coach um, to come and in a tournament and then uh, we a coach come and then select the the national team player. They yeah. kind of like the the best players from the league to have the first national team mm -hmm. and we were like you don't need to even like bother yourself like you wait like since someone we know who are the, the best players and then we'll do everything just kind of like make it that is your thing yeah yeah and that's where we had our first women's national team and that's where i played um um and then uh, into it was 2007 when hang on when you because this is a huge step it's a massive step okay the 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 fa in afghanistan have said right we're going to have a female team they stamp the papers you guys are now officially recognized internationally what here they kind of i remember the the last meeting i we had before they go on board is that okay you say that you will not bring embarrassment yeah and and it's like we know that you will fail that's uh -huh. what exactly was stolen uh -huh. for us. So, okay, go try. Yeah. And say, we'll give you the opportunity. We give you the everything. So, like, so don't come that, like, in the future that we didn't actually allow you. Yeah. But you will fail. And then you will bring embarrassment. So, like, the entire mission will be failed. Yeah. So, the kind of their idea was, like, we are going to try and they are, they will see us fail. And then yeah, they can then just close the book. Everything will be just close yeah. the book. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Close the book. We haven't, we tried, but it didn't really work. It's not, we can't have a national, women's national team. Um, so tick mark in the box. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a pressure. Yeah. It's kind of also kind of the feeling of pressure thinking, oh my God, now this guy is actually giving us the right to play. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time saying that you are going to fail. So yeah. now we have to even prove him yeah. and prove the federation that we're not going to fail. The football federation said, oh, there is a uh, a game uh, in Pakistan yeah. where you will kind of, will, where you will represent Afghanistan. Yeah. And you are kind of joining the, the, National, League, uh, the National League of Pakistan as a guest team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then play friendly game against the national team of Pakistan. And then they give us a pitch in um, the football federation mm -hmm. and that's in, in somewhere in Kabul yeah a, a green area surrounded with walls yeah um, yep. it's called natural garden yeah it has a tennis court yeah on that tennis court uh, we got permission to play football practice yeah and we got a coach for it, the national team yeah uh, from football federation 
and even they didn't take off the net from the tennis (laughs) court and we were not allowed because it was fixed so imagine a national team a squad of 23 people playing in the tennis court so anyways we were happy that we got this Mm -hmm. permission and we are going to do something we are we are we are happy that we see development Um, yeah yeah um so we are practicing in the status court to go an international game. So that day comes. And yeah. then first time we get the football boots, yeah. the uniform and with the, with the numbers on. Um, and then we travel to Pakistan. Yeah. And we are super excited and yeah. happy. The fact that we are actually traveling as yeah. a team together. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting out and we are getting out of Afghanistan. We still yeah. don't know what actually the real world of football looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have no idea. We have no test. <laughs> we don't know how big it is, how serious it is, how scary and how and how embarrassing it is. Um, <laughs> we have no idea. And we, we land in, in Islamabad. We go to this stadium yeah. and this because in Afghanistan we had a stadium football federation had a stadium yeah. but we were even not allowed to yeah. go around the stadium and then we entered the stadium is quite big and we are told that we are going to play in that stadium so mm. imagine from like from the tennis court people yeah. from tennis court and it's like so big stadium and yeah. the pitch looks so big yeah and we never played in a in a football <laughs> turf right in, in a turf yeah and the first day of training, we got our football boots. Oh, and brand boots, new boots the day before the game? Yeah, the day before the game. Um, and uh, it was, they, they kind of bought all those things just last minute before yep, yep. the travel. Yeah. So we didn't have the chance to wear it, to, to yeah, see yeah, yeah. if it's actually our size. Yeah. And no, they took the decision. And so we are wearing our boots. It's not comfortable. Yep. We don't like it. It's yep. just like... And and some of the people, some of our players, it's not fitting on their feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And we are entering the pitch. It is so big. It's so difficult to run. And yeah. it's, it's just kind of, it's so scary. At the same time, it's so embarrassing. It's like, wow, like, how are we going to play? I We don't know how to run on this and kind of where yeah. to stand the positioning. Yeah. Yeah, but we yeah. are kind of so much pressure, and we are trying our best to in one day to fix ourselves, mm-hmm. find out the rule of the game, to understand, to kind of show up on the yeah. on the pitch. So it's a lot us. It's our team. We just kind of ignoring the code. Yeah, yeah. And and we are kind of having this motivation, but also the pressure that wow, they really let us fail and fail big time because they are really putting us into this spot. That's the that plan. Kind of, that's the yeah, plan. That, and that's where we are like, wow, we are tricked. Yep. And then the day of this game comes. And that's where we are standing and everything is so serious. It was so scary, so much pressure. Yeah. At the same time, so serious and so real. Yeah. We're standing and having the first jersey of the national team, our the budge on our chest. Yep. The, the national anthem playing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> oh and God. then they were playing national anthem. Mm. We see the flag of our country, yeah. and it's becoming so serious. Yeah. And we are so much into kind of like we have in our blood, yeah. like 
with when we see the national yeah, anthem, yeah. when we hear the national anthem, like it's so different feeling, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And we are all standing, all crying, but all very proud and happy at the same time. A lot, so many mixed feelings. Yeah, yeah. The feeling of like, yes, we came really long way. We really yeah. fought hard, and now we are standing. Yeah. And not only kind of having the access to play football, but we we are actually representing a nation. Mm-hmm. So now we forgot about, I forgot about all the embarrassment, how we are going to play. All I'm thinking of the proudest moment, the yeah. feeling of powerful, happy, the joy, but also telling myself, see, I have proven to this, all those men that tried to stop yeah. me. Here we go. I'm standing here. Yeah. They're not representing Afghanistan. I can represent. I'm standing there strong and I have this earned this. And then the first whistles blow and then kind of we start playing football. Of course, because we are having the boots first time, we are it was the funniest moment, craziest moment, and embarrassing moment of my life where we are we kind of like without any people touching us we fall down yeah, yeah. because the the pitch is so slippery it's like the boots are so uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and we are falling down we are walking like crazy we are running like crazy it's all crazy thing the first game we lost that's where we also learned how to actually run with that boots so next game we we are playing good we are um I think 1-1. Third game we won, fourth game we won. We got the attention of media. Yeah. The Western media, but also the, the local medias. Yeah. And then they started reporting and the Football Federation was so happy and they were yeah. like, wow, it's a surprise. We got the news that the president of the country wants to talk with us, mm. the president of Afghanistan. And we were like, Who's talk- who wants to talk with us? Karzai, Hamid Karzai, Karzai, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah was the present and we isn't were like, he from the same family as you like he's the same he's yeah. also a popal yeah 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 yeah. okay then we kind of the coach is having this phone and then he's loudspeaker and yeah and Kersa is talking and it's it like felt so unreal and it's like yeah. everything was so dreamy from yeah yeah like the magic happened it's kind of we are <laughs> yeah, not yeah. even we are kind of like surprised that we played we won yeah it's crazy feeling, but then the president of the country said, like, congratulated us and kind of like wished us luck. Yeah. And then the national TV traveled and came to broadcast online. Oh, wow. Live. So our game was actually broadcasted live in Afghanistan. Wow. It actually turned to be very political because. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because now the politicians are involved. And, yeah. and the government wants to show that how they are actually empowering. So yeah, they're yeah. kind of using our efforts to show yeah. that how much the kind of the government want to support mm-hmm. and want to empower women and, and girls. There were some families that they were they were surprised, they were upset, and they were like trying to stop their daughters. See, they were like, "You told us that's not a big deal, and now you're you're watching you." <laughs> yeah. This this was supposed to happen secretly. And there you are on TV. <laughs> yeah, you're in TV, and all the all the relatives know that now you're playing football. So it's kind of like a scary for some. Yeah, yeah. Because they already got threatened by the families that this is done deal. 
uh, and with this is done, it's like over. The game is over for you. Yep. When you return back, that's it. You're yep. done with football. You're done. So it's like some of our teammates, it's going to be the last time that we are playing with them. You're absolutely a role model for women and girls who've been told uh, that they can't or shouldn't participate in, in sports on any level. And you are demonstrating that, in fact, you can. You can absolutely do that. What is the message you have for people listening to this? All my life, I used football as a tool uh, for empowerment and inclusion of women and, and girls, especially. I found my power through football. And through football, I found my purpose. And I, fa- I found my power. My power is my voice. And that's what I felt responsible to use my voice, to use my voice for all those voiceless women or the yeah. women who, because of the, the situation and, and obstacles in their way, lost their voices to be the voice for them. My message to any women and men around the world who's listening to my voice or to my message is that never underestimate the power of individual. We can, as an individual, we can play a role in the world, in our community to make change for positive and for good and not only wait for the politicians to fix things. We can do that too. Um, That's what I want to say to everybody. Khalida Popal. Thank you so much for your time and your very inspiring story. It was an absolute pleasure to listen to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. This podcast series, Power of the Pitch, is produced by the United Nations Office of Counterterrorism. The information and opinions presented in the podcast are those of the guest speakers. They do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of the UNOCT, the United Nations, or any of its affiliated organizations. For more information, visit our website, un.org forward slash counterterrorism. And you can follow us on Twitter using the handle at un underscore OCT.